You're listening to Totten's Tom. Thanks for tuning into the show. Before we get started, let's take a moment to hear from the official sponsor of Titans Time, Jacob Patterson. This is Jacob Patterson, official Titans Time sponsor, real estate agent for Caldwell Banker Southern Realty. If you are in the Southern Middle Tennessee area, whether it be Spring Hill, Columbia, or Lawrence County, call me today at 931-279-1707 for all of your real estate needs. Thanks, and let's have a great football season. Go Titans! Welcome back, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We're going to be giving the preview for the Titans versus Jaguars week two matchup. Real quick, what do you guys think of our new intro? Let us know in the reviews, on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can find us at. Big shout out to Levi Kelly and South 43. They did our intro music. You can find them on Facebook at South 43. Uh, They do a great job, have lots of great music, so make sure that you go and check them out. Titans versus Jaguars week two. Tyler, uh, go ahead, run through some of the big injuries, uh, some of the guys that we're going to have out, because there is a lot of big names. There he is. The injury report was released today, and we found out that this Sunday we are going to be without A.J. Brown and Darrington Evans. And obviously Adoree Jackson, who's on our. Right, and Adoree Jackson. Now, A.J. Brown is out with a bone bruise in his knee, and Darrington Evans has a hamstring has that injury. Nagging ham- hamstring injury. That's going to keep him out. I was really hoping to have him back for this game. Well, and people were and, optimistic too. I mean, it looked like he was going to get to play. Right. I would have loved to have seen him out there to be able to give us that change of pace back. I mean, obviously, we know Derrick Henry against the Jaguars at home. He doesn't need much help. Right. He doesn't need much help, but. It's still nice to have that change of pace back. Well, I think he could have did a lot of damage on screens. He could, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but obviously, one of the the biggest injury out there is AJ Brown being out. You know, we would love to have him. I'm just going to be honest. Right now, it makes me a little bit nervous about our wide receiver depth because now you're going to have Corey Davis moving back up to our wide receiver one spot. And then you're going to have Adam Humphreys probably being our wide receiver two. I'm sure he will still line up in the slot a lot. For Yeah, probably for the most part. But then Khalif Raymond is going to be asked to be that wide receiver three. He had a rough game this past week against Denver. Only had two targets, but got his hands on both of them and dropped them both. So we're really going to need him to step up and hopefully Jacksonville will be falling for the play action a lot and we can have several guys coming open. But I do expect to see a lot from our tight ends in this game. Also on the injury report, you have still Vic Beasley, who is questionable for this game. And hopefully we'll be able to at least play limited snaps. Hopefully so. You have Derek Roberson, who is still questionable with his knee. Also listed on the injury report is Malcolm Butler with his quad. That's a big hit. And he is questionable. Now, Vrabel said today that you know he's progressing a little bit each day. 
I'm really hoping that he's going to be out there because this is another position where if we don't have him, then our depth at cornerback starts looking a little bit scary because, let's face it, we all make fun of the Jaguars and everything. But when it comes, when you really break down their roster, they do have some weapons at the wide receiver position. And even their running back, you know, everyone was thinking, well, they got rid of Fournette, so really don't have to worry about any run game or anything now. But that running back for them last week was looking pretty good. We'll dive in a little bit more on him later as well. But again, that cornerback depth, we I'm really hoping Butler can be out there. But at the same time, if he's not 100%, I don't know that you put him up against the Jags' number one receiver. DJ Chark. Um, You know, as far as the Jags' receivers, I think they have two weapons uh, after that. I mean, it it gets a little iffy. uh, But, you know, Chenault and DJ Chark are definitely two weapons. Chenault is not as crisp and as refined as DJ Chark is. He is more of a... I don't know. I would say just get him the ball, kind of let him work or let him run a deep route kind of guy. Um, with AJ Brown, just to kind of finish off the receivers there, you know, you had Corey Davis um, and then Adam Humphreys and Khalif Raymond there at number three. After that, I'm assuming, I mean, they brought up Nick Westbrook. I'm assuming he's going to have to fill that number four spot. And I don't think you can go into this game with four receivers. So they're going to have to bring someone up from the practice squad. Um, hope, I mean, I would assume. And that would either be Cody Hollister or Cameron Batson. I don't know which one it would be, but, you know, I'm like you. I would expect lots of two tight end, three tight end sets. And, you know, with Derrickson Evans out, obviously another big game for Derrick Henry, probably lots of carries. I would say 25 plus at least. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not worried about Henry having too many carries. He is a workhorse back. He, if you look at his entire you know, football career from high school to college, now to the NFL. He had a lot of carries in high school. He had a lot of carries at Alabama. Now he's starting to have a lot of carries for us. Go back to Eddie George. He had seven straight years, I believe, of 300-plus carries. All those seasons, he had over a 1,000 yards rushing. So I'm not too worried about that. I mean, Derrick Henry, just his build, he's made for that workload. He can handle it. I know you wasn't too big of a fan of him having 31 carries last week well, just because you it, start, is some, it is some wear and tear. You start giving him 30-plus carries a game uh, throughout the course of the season, you're going to have a whole lot more than 300 carries. I mean, you're going to get up there quite a bit. You will, but again, I'm not I'm not worried about that right now because it's still early in the season. You're getting close to 500 carries there. I mean, that's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. It's still early in the season, though. We can get Evans back. He can take some of that load off of Henry. Yes, that's going to be rest. huge. I think that's going to be huge. So, but week two, I'm not that worried about it. And plus, like we talked about, Derrick Henry owns the Jaguars, especially at home. And I'd be fine with him carrying the ball 30 times and having 200 yards rushing. 
So there's two more points that I want to make on the the injuries before we move on. And one, if there's any week, because this bone bruise thing for AJ Brown is is you kind of just have to let him rest, or else it's not. I mean, or else you're just going to have to manage it for the rest of the year. You kind of you got to let him rest and uh, let that go away. And if there's any week to let him rest, I think it's right now. This is a good time to do it because yeah, the Jags came out and they played well last week, but. Out of all the teams on the schedule, unless you're looking maybe at the Bengals, which is later in the season, this is the week. This is the week to do it. Well, and it's still it's still early in the season. I guarantee you if this was a playoff game or a game later on in the season for them to try and get into the playoffs, A.J. Brown would be playing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's a, I mean, but that, that goes without saying, I right feel now, like. It's still early enough in the season that they don't have to put him out there and risk anything. They can yeah. let him heal up. Uh, and then with the cornerbacks, uh, I hope that Malcolm Butler can play because I hope that we're able to put him on DJ Shark. If not, after that, I mean, it, it like you said, it starts to get a little scary. And a matchup that I'm excited to see. I'm really hoping that Fulton is, you know, a little getting a little bit more playing time after having a, a week of practicing. I'm hoping that we can see him match up with Chenault and hopefully lock him down. Uh, I think that he's definitely capable of it. And then, of course, after that, you'll have Jonathan Joseph and Chris Jackson, who I'm hoping can get some more playing time in this next game. Obviously, it looks very likely. And I hope that we see an improved performance out of him. And if Malcolm Butler is out, like if he does end up being out. Then we need an improved performance from him. What's the possibility of seeing Amani Hooker coming in and playing some slot corner? Yeah, you might see some of Amani Hooker and you might see some of uh, Ty Smith even coming in and getting some play at corner. And, I mean, just with his track record, probably forcing one or two fumbles because he's just like a fumble machine, not having them but forcing them. Um, so let's talk about the Colts and Jaguars game. What were some of your thoughts from that? Some of my thoughts from that game is Jacksonville. Jacksonville's offense looked pretty sharp. I mean, Gardner Minshew, he had, he completed 19 of his 20 passes. Yes. But are we talking about the Jaguars looking sharp or are we talking about the Colts looking bad maybe a little bit of both maybe the Colts were overhyped coming into the season but or maybe they underestimated the Jaguars they could have and that's one reason why looking back at it now maybe it's a good thing that our game in Denver was was as ugly and close as it was because it keeps our guys focused and makes them not look past any any team. And I think it's it's fantastic that the Jaguars beat the Colts last week because they're going to have not, a big head. If not, well, I mean not only that, but if not, now if had they lost last week, this is a complete trap game. Cuz you're like, well, they should easily beat the Jaguars. And then you come out in a situation like last year when they beat us on Thursday night football. Right. So, getting back to what I seen in that game, Yes, Minshew was Minshew was 19 of 20. The only incompletion he had was a drop pass. But I noticed that the Jaguars were getting the ball 
out of his hands quick for the most part. They were running some very short, quick routes. He was hitting them in stride. Chenault had a couple big plays. Chark had a couple big plays. I mean, he was he was finding these receivers and throwing some really good balls. But I don't think the Colts were getting after him and actually disrupting him as much as they needed to. Their rush just wasn't getting to him, which is going to be something something big that the Titans have to do is their pass rush has to get to Minshew this next week because he showed against the Colts if you give him time he can make a lot of those throws now they I still think the Jaguars are only going to win three or four games this year but their running back that I mentioned earlier James Robinson he averaged about four yards a carry had 62 yards rushing and one reception for 28 yards the guy's quick He's pretty shifty, and he looked really good for him. But I think that the Titans will be able to contain him. Uh, I mean, having Rashawn Evans for a full game would be a, a, a big contributor to that. That'll be nice. And even against Denver, you know, we were getting after their running backs. We were catching them either in the backfield or just a couple yards past the line of scrimmage. Did they have a one or two big runs? Yes, but I still think our run defense is pretty good and can handle what the Jags are going to be bringing out. Looking at the Jaguars' defense, I mean, they went against Phillip Rivers. And gave up a lot of yards to him. The only, I mean, really the only reason I feel like they won that game is because Phillip Rivers did what he does and – through several bonehead interceptions. He made some, couple, he made some very bad decisions and threw some bad passes that got intercepted. I will say the last drive that the Colts had where they were going down, it was a fourth down. They were trying to go down and tie the game up. C.J. Henderson was manned up against T.Y. Hilton, and he made a good play to keep Hilton from catching the ball. But... I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to find open guys and make the right decision, put the ball where it needs to be at. And the Jaguars' defense looks like it was very susceptible to some screen plays, especially when the Colts would fake a run to one side and do a little bit of misdirection and have someone leak out on that weak side with some linemen in front of them throw the screen pass over to them, and, I mean, the Colts were just tearing them up with that. So, I can John maybe... John Jeremy McNichols, Derrick Henry even, maybe. That's what I was going to say, is maybe we see the Titans put Derrick Henry and John o. Smith in the backfield with Tannehill. They fake the handoff to Henry, have John o. sneak out of the backfield to the opposite side, Throw him the ball, give him some open, give him some open field, and watch him work. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I think all that you're everything that you were saying. That, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I agree with you. I, yeah, the Jaguars they looked good, but I am more of a believer that the Colts played kind of a bad game, made a lot of bad decisions that led to the Jaguars being able to come away with the win. Um, that being said, the Titans didn't look so hot last week either. 
So they're going to have to play a much better game uh, if they don't want to be embarrassed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that everything that you said about the Jaguars is fair. And now that we know a little bit about them, uh, let's move into our keys to the game. And you talked about Gardner Minshew and how, you know, he was getting quick passes out. And that's very typical of him. He likes to throw quick passes and not sit in the pocket for too long. I don't think he's very comfortable in the pocket. So my key to the game is going to be make Minshew sit for a little longer and make a decision. Um, You know, make him play good coverage for, you know, a few seconds or a little longer. Let that pass rush start to get to him, put some pressure on him and... I mean, eventually, if you keep doing that, he's going to make a bad decision. That is, going back to the Colts and Jaguars game, that is one thing that happened and that I noticed uh, looking at some of the highlights from that. Whenever the Colts were able to have good coverage downfield, they were able to get coverage sacks. Manchu would get out of the pocket, kept looking for someone that was open. The defensive backs held with their guy and they were able to get him down for a couple sacks. I think that the, the the Titans can continue to do what they did a lot last week and rush four guys, keep everybody else back in coverage. With all those guys back in coverage, if you make Minshew uh, you know, think and hold the ball a little bit longer, maybe have Clowney rushing uh, up the middle in that A-gap and Harold Landry coming off the edge, I think those guys are going to have enough time to get to him. I'm ready for uh, Jadavion Clowney to officially introduce himself to Gardner Minshew. So we we heard my key to the game. Uh, what is yours? Since you went on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go to the offensive side. My key to the game is going to be feed King Henry the so ball. So you're stealing mine from last week. I'm just saying against the Jags, he has a really good track record. Feed him the ball and let him do his thing. I'm looking for. I want to see two or three big stiff arms from Derrick Henry this week. I want to see him throw some Jaguars players down into the dirt, especially C.J. Henderson. Calm down. That was one thing I was going to say about C.J. Henderson earlier is, yeah, he might play some good coverage and uh, on occasions lock down one of our receivers, but – He's not a good uh, run defender if he gets left in the open field against Derrick Henry. He's not going to be able to tackle him, and it's probably going to end up leading into a big play. So that's something to look forward to. And uh, just some things, not necessarily my key to the game. I think that's the biggest thing, my key to the game. Uh, uh, It's the biggest thing that the Titans need to make sure that they do. Uh, So we have feed, Feed King Henry. And we have make Gardner Minshew hold it and think about his throws a little more, not just uh, rely on his instinct and throw those quick throws. Um, get Janu more involved. And we talked about this with the screen passes, but not only that, you know, get him on some drag routes, get him uh, just really any opportunity that you can get Janu open and get him some space, get him the ball uh, and just any room to work. You need to do that. I think we'll see him a lot more involved uh, this especially this with week. AJ Brown out that's exactly the point I was going to make with AJ Brown being out I think Jonu is going to see a lot more activity and a lot more targets coming his way now I want to ask you early prediction who is your impact player of the game for the Titans 
Okay. Uh, and of course, if you want to go back and see our impact players uh, from the Denver Broncos game and just our game recap uh, in general, you can see that on YouTube. We finally got it uploaded. Uh, and that is Titans Time Podcast, our YouTube. Uh, so make sure that you go and check that out. Like, subscribe, leave a comment uh, with what you think from the game. Uh, definitely had a lot of fun making that video. And so you, sh- you guys should go check it out. My impact player from the Jaguars game, though, uh, my prediction, I believe that is probably going to be, I think that it's going to be Corey Davis two weeks in a row. Corey Davis two weeks in a row. All right. Not who I thought you were going to go with, but I'm probably going to throw someone out there that, you know, maybe you weren't expecting because especially after my key to the game, I think Kevin Ryard oh. is okay. going to be the impact player. And, that, and that's funny because I was actually just about to to make a point about Byard and say that with if Malcolm Butler is out, Byard is going to have to make more plays back there and do what he can to help the the corners out. I believe he's going he's going to make plays this week. I'm going to predict that he has. Here we go. Is two, this going to be your bold prediction for the episode? It's going to be my bold prediction which I'm not getting too crazy with it, but I think he ends up with two interceptions this game. Okay. Uh, My bold prediction is not necessarily going to completely line up with who I think the impact player is going to be, but uh, I am going to say that Ryan Tannehill is going to throw four touchdowns and end up with zero interceptions, even with A.J. Brown out. He, he's still going to accomplish that. Four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Zero interceptions. You want to elaborate on that even more and say who those touchdown passes are going to be to? Two to Davis, one to Jonu, and a deep one to Khalif Raymond. Going deep. All right, I like those uh, predictions there. Hopefully both of our predictions They never come do. True. You know they never do. They never do, but if you don't make them, then – they definitely never will. That's true. Maybe we'll get one one of these days. Uh, and when that happens, we're going to have a party. I'm down. So we mentioned that if Malcolm Butler is out, Byard is going to have to kind of make up for that back in the secondary and make some plays back there. But another position group that is going to have to make up for that and make the cornerbacks look a little bit better because, yes, we do, I feel like, have better depth than what I originally thought there at cornerback. Uh, if Adoree Jackson and Malcolm Butler are out, it's still going to look pretty rough. Uh, the pass rushers are going to have to do a lot to make up for that. And while, yes, they need to make Minshew hold it for you know enough time to get some pressure back there, the pass rushers need to get that pressure as early as possible. Uh, and so... You know, if we can get Vic Beasley back, that'll be huge. Roberson, uh, and then of course Landry and Clowney, they're going to have to have a big week. Not necessarily directly reflecting on the stat sheet, but getting back with QB pressures, QB hits, uh, tackles for loss, even on rundowns. Clowney's had another week of practice now with the Titans. You know, one of the days he was limited, he was on the sidelines with Vrabel working, but. He's had another week to learn more of the defensive playbook. And at least and, work a little bit on getting back into football shape. Exactly. And we've seen what he was able to do 
last week against the Broncos. Granted, it may not have showed up in the stat sheet, but if you watch the film, he's getting in the backfield. He's getting back there quick. After one week of practice and just one week of being with the team, he played 80% of the Titans' snaps. So I expect to see more of that, you know, more than 80% this week. I don't know. I'd like to see him stick around 80% and get Beasley back. Because, yes, if we don't have Beasley, we don't have Roberson, that number might go up. But I'd like to see both of those guys come back and then Clowney and Harold Landry both hang around that 80 to 85% range. Right. When we get those guys back, I'd be okay with that. But I'm saying if Beasley is out and Roberson's still out, then I expect that number to be on up around 85 to 90% of the snaps. So uh, I believe that we've covered it all. Uh, We've kind of – We got one more thing to do. Okay, okay. Score prediction. Oh, a score prediction. Uh, The Titans are favored, I believe, by like 9 or 10 points. Actually, I believe it's 10 points. Uh, so that's a lot if you're betting on a game. That's a lot. Uh, I'm going to say that the Titans are – Titans – oh, I don't know because I had Ryan Tannehill throwing four touchdowns. Uh, Titans, 34. Jags, 17. We're not too far off then. I was going to go with Titans, 31. Jaguars, 14. Yeah, that's not too bad off. That's all that we've got for this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter at Titans underscore time. Check out our Instagram, Titans Time Podcast. Check out our YouTube, also Titans Time Podcast, and our website, TitansTimePodcast.com. Also, make sure you check out our Facebook page, Titans Time. And guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us that five-star rating. Leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. Anything else you might want to hear. Let us know your thoughts on the game. Also, as Tanner mentioned, our YouTube channel. Make sure you go check out our reaction video to the game against the Broncos. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the videos. Turn on the post notifications. And leave us comments there as well. You want to make sure that you're finding us on YouTube and the podcast so that you're getting all the content, all the goodies from both places. Uh, and also, like Tyler said, make sure you uh, you know you, you let us know what your thoughts uh, are for the upcoming game, and even from the Broncos game, uh, you can do that uh, on Twitter, through the Apple reviews, on Instagram, wherever. Uh, we'll definitely be more than happy to interact with you. Uh, so make sure that you know you just let us know what your predictions are for the Titans and Jaguars game. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.